Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Hayden and Joel T. Coleman here with you in Omaha, Nebraska once again for a Tuesday podcast. Uh, Mississippi State will be taking on Vanderbilt tonight, 6 p.m. over at TD Ameritrade. Of course, we will be there as will the Bulldogs coming off, you know, the emotional high of that that win today, and we were we went and saw them today at practice. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Plus, got a little football to talk about on the back end of this show. We will start off though, as we start every show, by thanking you, our loyal listeners. We were looking at some numbers uh, of our of our Monday. Po- we we're recording this around almost two p.m. on Tuesday. On it is it's Monday. On Monday, days are starting to run together here, Joel. We got a problem. Uh, <laughs> we'll get ready because uh, we, we may not even be halfway into this thing. Yet. That's right. Uh, but that said, looks like we had, we're having a lot of listeners for our Monday podcast. Everybody's celebrating the big win. We want to thank you guys for listening. Wherever you're listening from and however you're listening to us, we appreciate it, especially our great servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. We appreciate that more than you will ever know. We also appreciate our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House, who could be making a killing here if there was a Brumaha. Absolutely. MSU fans need that extra energy. They need that, uh, that, little, that little boost that only they can get when you have that albino squirrel or whatever. By the way, if you haven't already, I hope somebody has picked up the, uh, the Brew It Forward that I have left for you guys. All you got to do for, to get it is follow me or Joel, me and Joel on Twitter. Uh, please tweet us and let us know that you picked it up and you're enjoying a delicious Strange Brew mixed drink. We, and, and, and there's also the one that I left that just said for a listener of Thunder and Lightning. So if you are a listener or if you are a liar, you can pick it up. Don't be a liar, though. Don't be that white person. All right. We're not lying when we tell you that Peyton Plumley is going to start on Tuesday for Mississippi State against Vanderbilt. Kumar Rocker is going to start for Vanderbilt against Mississippi State. Just on the surface, tell me what you like about the matchup for Mississippi State Plumley versus Vanderbilt. Well, Plumley's a guy that I think you can almost guarantee is going to keep you in the game. Um, I'm sure I'll get lots of ugly tweets about that if something happens and he doesn't keep him in the game, but... I trust you. Got Peyton. some the other night because you broke out necessary arrogance again. Yeah, I and when State was losing, yeah, uh, but they won, so yeah, it worked out. <laughs> uh, I just trust Peyton. Peyton to me is kind of Mister Consistency. You can just kind of count on him, and so I, I think that State's going to have a chance to win the ball game with him. I, that's not to say they wouldn't have had a chance again, but I think Gin is a little more of the lottery ticket right now, given his recent health concerns and and all that kind of goes along with that. So I think that Peyton. Is going going to keep the ball down. He's going to give you a chance. And Chris Lamonis was talking about how he kind of looks at the Vandy lineup a little bit like that Miami lineup that uh, that Plumlee had some success against. And and so, uh, yeah, I, I just I think Peyton gives you an opportunity going in to know that you're going to have a chance to win the ball game. And, and I think that's huge in, in, in the College World Series that you really feel like the game is not going to get out of hand and that you can almost bank on that. I think above all else, that's what I think of going with Peyton Plumley here. It is, it's kind of the safe call, I think, because I think we said yesterday, I think that JT Ginn gives you the best option to maybe just absolutely shut Vandy down. But he's a lotto ticket right now with can he go, how long can he go kind of deal. I think Peyton is the safer call and the right call. Beyond that, obviously the safer call is good. Do you like the matchup? Of, of Plumlee, does he, the, the way he pitches, again, does that something that you feel can be a positive for MSU against this potent Vanderbilt lineup? Yeah, he's got to keep the ball down. And, and you know, I, I guess that what concerns you a little bit is every now and then um, Plumlee's been hit, you know, with a home run ball a time or two. But I, 
in this ballpark and, and, and just everything, I, I really do feel like it's a, it's a good matchup. That said, I mean, I don't know that JT Ginn's a bad matchup either. So I, 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 if I didn't say it yesterday, I was thinking it. I don't really think there was a wrong call here. Mm-hmm. I just feel like – Well, there was a wrong to, call. They could have said they were starting you. Yeah, that had been a wrong call. Joel Coleman's sure. going for us. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't imagine that a 58-mile-an-hour heater would play in this park, but or any park for that matter. But I, I do think that, that Peyton is the best of the two choices by maybe a slight margin here. And this also, if you have some concerns about JT Ginn's arm soreness, fatigue, or whatever, this probably you know limits the number of times he'll pitch in Omaha. You know, you don't want to waste the bullets that you have left kind of deal. So, I, I think it's the right call. I, I like it, and I trust Peyton as much as I would trust JT Ginn running out there. So, I yeah, I, I can't hate on this choice at all. Then on the flip side of that, you've got Kumar Rocker going for, for, uh, for Vanderbilt. Obviously, the guy that we all know what he did in his last start out where he went out and threw a no-hitter and struck out 19 Against uh, a Duke team in the uh, in the Super Regionals, Rocker for the season, you know his numbers are really really good. Obviously, he's ten and five. ERA is three point five. You know, for strikeouts, only ninety seven strikeouts in eighty seven innings. So you think about, you know, these, these stats obviously are up to date. So prior to that, he was sitting on what uh, seventy nine innings and around seventy. I guess around uh, yeah seventy eight strikeouts. Not a strikeout in. So not a, not a not a big time strikeout pitcher for them. I mean that's more of what you get from Hickman and from Fellows for uh, for Vanderbilt. Teams hitting two forty two against them. It's sort of interesting. This game is sort of and not to take anything away from him. He's obviously a very very good pitcher. He's just a freshman. He's going to be a big time player for them. But this last outing has sort of elevated him into this mythical status. That the rest of the season, not that he hasn't had a really really good season, but it, he's not. Uh, Roger Clemens in his prime out there. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head, man. If that start doesn't happen last week against Duke, nobody's shaking in their shoes here. You, you're basing all of all of the fear of facing Kumar Rocker on one start, basically. And and, I, and I'm not saying that that he, like you said, he's not a really good guy. You know, a really good pitcher out there, but I. You know, one dominant – it's kind of like are you scared of a hitter coming up that, you know, he had a five-for-five five game the night right. before. I mean, yeah, he, he has the potential to do that. But most nights he's not going to. You know, Kumar Rucker has the potential to go out there at TD Ameritrade Park tonight and just shut Mississippi State down. But odds are State's going to have some opportunities. You know, odds are he's not going to come out and pitch a second straight no-hitter and strike out 20 guys. And, oh, by the way, the Mississippi State lineup, a little bit better than Duke's. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that too. I, yeah, I really do feel like there's a this fear, and like you said, almost an elevation to a godlike status on the mound because of one, one outing. And, and he's a really good pitcher, but it would shock me if he had back-to-back outings like he had this past time. Is facing a power-throwing right-hander sort of a good thing for Mississippi State? Because, you know, they're a team that likes to drive the ball into the outfield and, 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 and hit long, you know, not just home runs, but you hit the ball a long way. Is that something that could be good for them? Could be. I mean, it seems like this team, though, they just take really good approaches at the plate. Um, I, I know that last night they didn't have much success against Jack Owen. Uh, it was just a bunch of singles things, yeah. but – 
I kind of do feel like that a harder thrower kind of guy might yeah. might actually be better for this lineup. That's it. Somebody who's going Drake to, Fellows is a little bit of a harder thrower, and I couldn't hit him. That's true too. But so, I think that might have been just the, the situation more than anything else. We're coming off a nineteen inning game, uh, like they were. And, uh, huh? So you know what? It doesn't matter how many innings it, it was. Matter. It was a lot. Um, where somebody like Rocker, who wants to challenge hitters, I think MSU's hitters enjoy being challenged. They want to see that elevated fastball. They want to try to catch up to it. And if they can do that, they're going to be in pretty good shape. As we're recording here, Arkansas has taken a 3 nothing lead over Texas Tech. So the Red Raiders in danger of being the first team uh, out here in Omaha. We'll see what happens, obviously. Which is unfortunate after the excellent selfie that Tim Tadlock gave me on at practice the other day. You, you jinxed him. You I, cursed him. I guess so. I tell you, between you and Elijah Staley, and now this, so you just send people out the door. Well, I've had like been more focused on baseball, than staring at my camera. Maybe. That's one way to look at it for sure. Um, state, state last night. You know, obviously, I think Hatcher will be back in the lineup against a uh, a right hander. So you know, Halter, but Halter had a big single. Had had you know had a had a, had a couple hits. Even though early in the game they struggled, like you said, they had eight singles, eight hits going into the ninth inning, and they were all singles. You got to believe that, that, that they were making contact throughout the ninth. I don't think they struck out very much, if at all. I, I know Westberg struck out late in the game, but for the most part, State was was putting the ball into play. And I think in a park like this, that's such a key thing because it's such a big park. And outfielders, are, if they shade one way or the other, it's going to be difficult to catch up to passes to, to to balls to passes. I've already got football in the brain. Um, so you know, is there anything about State's approach at the plate you want to change before you get out to the field Saturday or sorry Tuesday? No. You keep doing what you've done all year long. This team is a really good offensive team, and they take really good approaches most time. They are good at putting the ball in play. They've been pretty good at that all year long. Not that there hadn't been a, a game or two where, where there's been some hiccups, but I mean, it's such a t-ball thing to say. But you're right. I mean, you put the ball in play, crap happens. You see, last night, all you had to do is hit a ground ball to third, and what happened was Julian chunks the ball over the first baseman's head, yeah. and, and madness ensues. Doesn't happen if you don't just. Put the ball in play. It's a simple thing. You never know what will happen. And State's done that all year long. They, they they make the defense make plays. Most times they're not going to be a club that just, you know, goes up there hacking bad approaches and things. And most times they're going to have a, a solid approach and not let the moment get too big for them. I mean, it's a veteran club. I, I think they're going to come out and have good at bad. You know, I had a, a thought. I went back and obviously watched the highlights of what happened last night. To start off the ninth, you know, Mangan let off of that double. I don't know if, you, if you're aware, if you've seen the highlights, but he didn't miss a home run by more than two or three feet. Oh, it was off close, yeah. Is that inning different if he hits a home run? You know, I've, it sounds funny to say that, right? You're thinking like, wait, it could have been a negative to hit a home run? But I wonder if having guys on – if there's a difference between the bat, the, the bat with Tanner Allen, with Mangum on second, you, you pitch differently to Tanner Allen because you don't want him to hit – because Mangum's going to score on almost any base hit. Versus if bases are empty, maybe you attack him a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird how situations change and things. I've watched big league games before where, like, rallies were happening and, and maybe there's a guy at first, you're down three runs or something, somebody hits a two-run homer, and then all of a sudden it's a one-run game, but the bases are clear then. It's almost like a reset kind of deal. And everybody kind of catch their breath. And You're right. I, I mean, if that ball goes over the wall, I mean, there's maybe a little less urgency on the mound right. kind of deal. Of course, there was a pitching change after that too. Yeah, so. they went to Burns, but um, – but, but, yeah, sometimes I think that traffic on the bases kind of gets in the head of the guy on the mound, gets in the, the, the heads of, of the team in the dugout. I mean, it just feels more like a rally 
when you look out there and you got you got ducks on the pond kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? We'll never know the it's answer one of those to that funny question. Things. But it does feel like some sometimes, as weird as it is to say, it does feel like sometimes that a homer clearing the bases kind of resets the inning and you kind of have to start a new rally. Yeah. Whereas double yeah, on second, you feel like yeah. the rally's already started. It's interesting to think about. We mentioned—I don't know if we mentioned it on the show yesterday—we had this sort of a similar thought of the play with Foskey, where he grounds out and he gets an RBI. But there was the, they reviewed the play and thought maybe the foot had come off the bag and he was going to be safe, and that changes everything too because if everything plays out the same after that, the ground ball to third, you're just going to flip to second and end the game, as opposed to yeah, he has well, to go to he has to, to go to first play ball. But yeah, it would, it would, it would, it would, oh, I guess you're right, but I mean. Even then, you got to think the the, thro- the third baseman's throw is going to be easier, and then they'll get the relay. It's not like Foskey's a great runner. You're probably going to get that. The, or not Foskey, it would have been Skelton. Uh, you're probably going to get him on a double play. Whereas, you know, by Foskey not being on first, it, it just changed everything. So, little, you know, maybe butterfly effect kind of thing uh, that they worked out. So, let's, let's talk more about Vanderbilt real quick. Let's talk about this game and who you're going to pre- predict as your playmaker. Ah. Uh. I think it would be – I usually go – oftentimes I go with the pitcher. You like do. A lot of times. You do. And, and you can't go wrong with that because, you know, momentum is the next day starting pitcher. So, truthfully, Peyton Plumley may be your playmaker in this game. But I just think it would be big to come out and get a big knock early. Yeah. So, how about we go with the mayor leading off the game, Jake oh. Mangum, to go ahead and you got Kumo Rocker on the, on, the, on the hill. If he comes out and slaps a single left to start things and just immediately you get into that um, – this Kumar Rocker guy at anything special, you know, mindset throughout the lineup. Yeah. Just to go ahead and see early on. Get the on first hit. That I, so I, I just think that, that, that Jake Mangum, really the entire game, because he's always kind of Mississippi State's table setter, as you saw in the ninth inning again last night. But uh, that, that leadoff at bat, you know, if he was to get a leadoff single or something, I think it would be humongous for, for just the mentality of the lineup to see, indeed, that this is not going to be another – no hit performance from Kumar Rocker. He's no different than any other guy out there with a pulse that we've seen. We can hit him, kind of thing. So I'll go with Jake Mangum and, and just if he comes out and gets a couple of knocks and, and sets the table, just the mentality that I think that'll provide the, the the security and the confidence that'll provide the rest of the lineup. I'll go with Mangum. I'm gonna go a little different round. I am gonna go with the pitcher, but I'm not gonna go with Plumley. And because so I'm picking a guy who might not even play in this game, but. Someone tells me if it's going to be close late, you're going to see Cole Gordon again. I asked Gordon at a practice on uh, Monday about you know coming into a game. You know, normally he comes in, states winning, or states got that game tied, and he's either there to save it or to hold it. Instead, he's there, you know, down three. He said it didn't really mess with his approach very much. So, you know, if State's going to be winning this game, I don't think Plumlee's going nine innings. So, you know, Cole Gordon's probably going to have to come in, and he's had such a solid season. Uh, Vanderbilt's such a potent lineup. The, those matchups are going to be very key for Mississippi State. So, obviously, the bull, to me, the bullpen in this game is going to be huge because if State ever gets a lead, they have to hold it, and that's going to be on the bullpen. And, obviously, to me, the, the, the main guy in there is Cole Gordon, so that's who I'll, I'll pick. Have you changed your mind, or are you still going to go with Vanderbilt here in your prediction? Uh, I, I can't – I've been saying it all along. You know, the only thing that's really changed for my prediction – is after state wins last night, that's just a ton of momentum, man. That's just a ton of in your Absolutely. brain as a team. That's one of those deals where you feel like we're not going to lose. No matter what happens, we're not going to lose. Um, I feel like if I change my prediction here, that's getting caught up in the emotion a little too much. So I may be wrong. I think it's going to be down to the wire. 
But I've been saying it since we got here to Omaha that it wouldn't shock me if State wins the first one and loses the second one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try the – maybe maybe it's the old hey-dad thing that you used to do where you just – you predicted the loss just to see that maybe the win would happen kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So since I've been saying it all along, I'll, I'll go with the hey-dad reverse jinx thing, I guess, and say that, that Vandy wins a close game tomorrow night – or tonight as you listen. I, I – I see where you're coming from, and I'm Vanderbilt winning this game wouldn't surprise anybody at all. But right now, State does have a little, you know, whiff of team of destiny going. on. <laughs> the know? only reason I did not go pet back on them is because I've been saying all along that right. Vandy is second. And I've started thinking about something you, you brought up a couple weeks ago, or maybe not a week or just a week ago, about Kumar Rocker and how when you have those that early success, sometimes you have that great game. Sometimes the next one isn't the best outing. And, you know, especially that, that seems like it would really hold true because it holds true for a lot of major league guys. So it seemed like it would hold true for a true freshman. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Rocker gets touched up a little bit in this one. I'm going to take the Bulldogs to win uh, this game. I'm going to go with a final score of 6-3. to three. Oh, okay. Somewhat, I mean, comfortable given, yeah. given I guess, what, what you I don't know if there's ever a comfortable Sunday. lead against Vanderbilt. I mean, unless you're up like Duke and you're up 18-5. to five. Yeah, and, and to continue that thought, kind of like you said, it's you said Vandy. It wouldn't shock anybody if they won that game. I know that I said Vandy, but with the emotion State's got going right now, I, it's not going to surprise me in the least if if that prediction of mine turns out to be wrong. And we're sitting here, you know, here in a couple of days talking about State being one win away from the national final. Yeah, I mean that's at this juncture, I, I can't state it enough how when things happen like what happened that ninth inning. There ain't anybody in that dugout that's going to freak out if they get down a couple runs. I mean, they're just going to, they just think they're going to win the game. And I don't know, that that's that may be the most dangerous component of any baseball team. You, to to have a team that just never feels like they're out of it and this state team won't. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting as always. It always is with this bunch. So, it's always fun for me when we do these uh, SEC previews. To, I mean, you talk about completely changing gears. We're not even talking about Mississippi State now. We're talking about somebody State might not even playing. I don't think we picked the team last week, so we have to give it. Give me an East team that's not Florida, and we'll do our SEC preview. An East team that's not Florida. Uh, maybe a little anticlimactic here, but uh, let's go Georgia. So we're not going to be talking a lot of losses, is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. All right, let me get the schedule pulled up here. Georgia Bulldogs, of course, last season won the SEC East. Uh, finished, I think, with what three losses? So they were eleven and three on the season. Lost their last two games, obviously. Lost to uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game. Then lost to uh, Texas. Shout out to Tyler Horka in the uh, Sugar Bowl. Bring back basically all their big pieces, including Jake Fromm. Uh, Kirby Smart has really got that machine rolling now. They, they are set to challenge to be a real challenger to Alabama over the next couple of years, especially as, as, as you know Nick Saban, his coaching career has got to draw to a close at some point. And it looks like Georgia is finally, after basically three decades of underachieving, uh, set and poised to become the new power in the SEC uh, when the day comes for Nick Saban to set down. Do you like Fromm? You big. I'm a big Fromm guy. Don't ask me why. I like Uh, him, too. First off, he's a winner. And I I really get tired. One of the most tired narratives in sports to me is, well, anybody can win with their talent. That's not true. It's not true. 
You can't just plug anybody into a system and expect them to win. I mean, I, I, you see that with Jalen Hurts. People hate on Jalen Hurts. He's going to go to Oklahoma this year and put up Heisman kind of. He, I won't be shocked if Jalen Hurts wins the Heisman. Maybe he's not a great NFL quarterback, but he could, he knows how to play in the college game. And Fromm is the same way. Doesn't make mistakes. Lets his playmakers make plays. But he's capable of making the big throw and 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 winning the game for you. So. I like from a lot, you know, and obviously Kirby Smart does too because Justin Justin Fields can sit there and tell me why he left Georgia, but we all know the reason he left Georgia was he wasn't going to start for two more years because Fromm's there, and if Fromm might go pro after this year, I don't know, but we'll see. I, I like Fromm though. All right, Georgia has an interesting schedule, and they start the season with conference play. Their opening weekend, they've got Vanderbilt in Nashville. Um, it might as well be a non-conference game. <laughs> it's going to have the same sort of effect. I think we'll both take the bolt. Here's the, here, let's let's let's, just, let's make this a little easier on ourselves. Yeah. All right. Their first three games are Vanderbilt, Murray State, and Arkansas State. There's so three, three and four. And then maybe if I had to pick the two most interesting non-conference games of the season, to me they're LSU, Texas, and this one Notre Dame at Georgia. Notre Dame. When was the last time they played at an SEC team? I don't remember. Uh, coming coming down to Athens to play between the hedges. This is, a, you know, for Notre Dame especially, this is probably the playoff elimination game. If they win this game, they'll be in the playoff discussion. If they're not, they're not going to be. Uh, for Georgia, obviously they could still win the SEC and get into the playoff, but a win here would really solidify them as a team that even if they were to have just the one loss at the end of the season, say they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game, this could be something that gets them into that fourth spot for the playoffs. So this is a really big game. Uh, I will... Uh, I will take the Georgia Bulldogs win at home, though. Yeah, I like Georgia. And my thing is with Georgia, I have gotten to the point now, and it does make a little bit for anticlimactic, I guess, as we go through the schedule, but I've gotten to the point with them where I do see them as Alabama of the East. Like, I don't know, apart from Alabama, who I would pick to beat Georgia. So I'm probably not going to pick anybody to beat Georgia. I'm not going to pick Notre Dame to beat Georgia. Right. Uh, Georgia then at Tennessee. No, that's I, Georgia. I, I just I really like think they're going undefeated. I mean, I think we're going to end up with a a twelve and zero, twelve and zero SEC championship game. Spoiler alert on the rest of these picks: South Carolina at Georgia. Last year, South Carolina Georgia game was so disappointing because I think we had sort of built up South Carolina as a potential tra- challenger to Georgia last year, and that game was in Columbia in week two, and you thought, okay, here's here's an opportunity, and Georgia just blew them out. Yeah, and that's when you sort of knew that okay, Georgia's operating on a little different level. The same way. Alabama does in the West, so we'll take the uh, the Bulldogs to win there. Take them to win again in Kentucky with against Kentucky, and then you have what to me is you know the, the toughest remaining game on the schedule, and that's the old, the uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, uh, Florida and Georgia. Uh, we've already done Florida. We both predicted Georgia to win this game. Um, any second thoughts on that? Eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just. I think, you know, what Mullen has going at Florida is going to be just an elevated version of what he had at Mississippi State. They're going to be good. They're going to go to bowl games. They'll go to better bowl games than he went to at Mississippi State, but they will never topple the top dog, and they'll always be second place to Georgia. Yeah, and I don't know. It's going to be interesting, that dynamic there. Like, are they going to be satisfied with, you know, being the bridesmaid in the East every year? Right. Because I – yeah, that's 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 a topic for another day, I guess. But yeah, so Georgia's still undefeated. Uh, then they welcome Missouri. We'll take the dogs to win there. Uh, and then they, 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 they the last three games of them obviously have two of the rivalry games, and then the one in the middle is interesting. But they do travel to uh, the plains of Alabama to take on Auburn. 
Uh, Stranger things have happened in that series for sure, but I will t- I will definitely take uh, Georgia to win that game. Yep. Uh, and then a road trip. No, is that, a, is that a road trip? I can never remember on these things. Yeah. No, it's not a road trip. Texas A and M comes to uh, to Athens. I think that's for the first time since the conf- since they uh, joined the conference. I'm pretty sure I'm right. This is sort of the question of if you think A and M is going to be a lot better in year two. This could be a really interesting game. If you don't, which is where I am, Georgia's going to win this football game. Yeah, I'm still Georgia here. I mean, I, I and, do think A and M will be better, but I don't, they're not. In they're not. They're just not ready yet. And then for me, one of my favorite rivalries, the maybe the best name, the old clean, old fashioned hate between Georgia and Georgia Tech. A new day at Georgia Tech. Obviously, you know the option is gone. Jeff, they got the swag, the swag now. Jeff Collins in the house at Georgia Tech, but uh, not this year. Georgia Tech. I like Jeff Collins, and I think he'll win there. But this is going to be a bad year for them, don't you think? Because making the transition from a, 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 to a more modern offense from that option, that's going to have to be really, really tough. Yeah, with players that only ran the option. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's 12-0 for the Georgia Bulldogs. Has the SEC gotten boring? Like Somebody just... asked me that. I think Borky asked me that on the show. And, and not to me, because here's the deal. If you're a Mississippi State fan, there just always have been teams that are much better. You know? And there's still some intrigue in there. You know, Florida could jump up and beat Georgia. LSU could jump up and beat Alabama. There's still that possibility. Um, And then to me, there's the intrigue of, well, who's going to win the SEC? Is it going to be Georgia or Alabama? Do they get both get into the playoffs, so on and so forth? So if you're a fan who's like national championship or bust as a college football fan, and if you're a Mississippi State fan, you really shouldn't be that. You really should try to enjoy the season, enjoy each game, and enjoy the wins. And if you set your mind, well, if we don't win the national title, it's a, it's a failure. Being an MSU fan not, might not be for you. But if you, yeah, so if you do that, the college state football season is still enjoyable. There's still great games. It's the best sport on earth, in my opinion. It's not boring to me. I agree with that. I agree with that. And, and I think we've talked about that before how, how, you know, if you're a state fan going into every year, uh, national championship or bust, well, then you've had what? 150 or so busts since yeah. since football was created. Quite a few. I mean, you, you've had quite a few. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, as a sports fan, it'd be nice, I guess, to to have maybe what you know, like you have in the SEC West baseball, where any of those teams yeah. could win the division. Kind of, deal. it'd be kind of fun to have a football season like that. It will happen as soon as Nick Saban retires. There, there will be unless Dabo comes, which I don't think he will. There will be a return to parity in the SEC. I really do believe that. So, all right. Uh, tomorrow's show, we're not going to do an opponent preview this week because it would be Abilene Christian, and what's the, what's the point of all that? So, obviously, tomorrow's show we will record after the uh, Mississippi State-Vanderbilt game, and we'll see if State's moving on to the winner's bracket or if they've got to regroup to take on the winner of Auburn and I forgot who they're, Louisville on, uh, on Thursday. Yes, the loser's bracket game would be be on Thursday. A winner's bracket game would be on Friday. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Until then, for Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.